Unplugged Podcast. We are back. You're listening to us. Uh, what's up, ding dongs? How about that? It's pretty good. Yeah, okay. That's pretty good. I prefer it to your normal delivery of that, but I would just take no delivery of it. But, you know, what can I do oh, anymore? Would, I've given up. Yeah, I've given that's, up. That's, that's your preference? Given up. I feel like you've mentioned yeah, that once yeah. or twice. That's what we need, that Usher song. All right. Well, I'm done with that, but uh, who who are you? Rachel Morgan. Uh, And I am Corey Kraft, uh, not Usher, if you didn't know that already. This is the, oh, he's in, he's in one of my favorite films though. In Hustlers? In Hustlers. That's right. Love it. When he shows up, I was like, yes, I was on my feet. I thought that (laughs) just added a little sizzle to that film. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Hustlers today. We've talked about it in a previous episode though, Uh, but let's talk about some other movies. All right, let's do it. What's this shit? That was a traditional one. Yes. Yes, it was. So I found a clip from this film. Okay. Again, I'm done at the Cardio Cinema, for, at least for the time being. I wish they'd bring that shit back. But they haven't. So I've just gone out and found a film, a film that um, I have been told is really shitty, but I have not seen it. Okay. And I can tell you that for watching a scene, I don't need to see it. So this is a movie that people have spoken to you about, unlike last time this movie buddy games that might as well not even exist. Right. right. Okay. And so. I think you might know this one and right. I think you might know it right out the gate. Okay. But just in case you don't, I'm actually, because you lost last time, I'm being sympathetic. So I've got a couple of scenes. For all you. right. All right. The first one is taking place at a funeral and okay. there's a casket in the front with some flowers on it. And a young man who happens to be handsome and famous standing next to the casket. Okay. And another young man approaches him. This young man is a cool guy. He's a it's cool got the, guy. He kind of like the cool guy from the last film. Got it. A guy has a beard and some sunglasses. Uh-huh. And he walks up to the other young man and they are, I can't, I can't remember from their dialogue, but they're related or they're friends or they clearly know each other. And he, the, the cool guy starts saying something about, oh, you know, I'm so sad about this. But it's clearly a comedy. I can tell right out the gate this thing's a comedy. Right. And then the cool guy begins to pour beer over the casket. And that whole like I'm gonna I'm gonna you know pour one out for you. Gotcha. And does that, and there's some riff raffing between the two of them, and you know back and forth about have some respect. And then cool guy gets out uh, a a vape pen and starts smoking, and the straight guy kind of goes, you know, what are you doing, dude? Is that you know is that weed in here at this funeral? I know what this is. Okay, I thought so. This is is this Zach Efron? Yep. This is Dirty Grandpa. You got it. You got it. I kind of thought he might get it. I thought he might get it. I saw this in theaters. Speaking of Robert De Niro not being funny. Hilarious that that we were just talking about this because I thought when you said it, I was like, oh, shit. That's what had come to mind was that I've I've recently seen Robert De Niro not being funny. Yes, you have. And just like (laughs) there's the other scene I watched was him like standing on the beach and – and Aubrey Plaza, right? Am I right? Yeah. Walks up and he, she's like, "Will you put this lotion on me?" It's very, it's actually just the whole thing. I'm like, "What is she doing?" I mean, the, the joke of that character is that Aubrey Plaza just wants to like desperately fuck Robert De Niro that whole time, which is super weird because right. he's disgusting. He's very in this old. film. Like he's gross. I already, I'm already, you know, I'm not. But, it's and, not really. He's not my type. You know what I mean? But on top of that, like I don't think the average straight woman. Especially a straight woman in their what I would say what she's in her twenties here probably right like I twenties or is like yeah, oh De Niro maybe early thirties but then on top of that he's wearing like he looks like he's he's been in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah. you know what I mean like he looks shit 
it's one of those movies where like he's crass and unpolitically correct and Zac Efron's like grandpa you gotta stop jerking off and he's like what do you mean you gotta lighten up and they all learn every a lesson from each other fuck off yeah it's and, great and the scene the other scene I saw was him like she's like we Aubrey Plaza's like will you put some suntan lotion on my back he's like I'll do your, fr- your front first I'm just like I'm out of here and then he and then it's before I can hit pause on the damn thing he you know squirts the sunscreen on her chest get it Oh, fuck off. I don't actually. What does that mean? Oh, my God. Stop. This thing is fucking terrible is what it means. Um, yeah. Bad movie that I saw in theaters. And you got it. <laughs> I mean, you got that pretty quick. I, th- I I thought you might. I thought, oh, boy, he's going to get it when he pours the beer. Yeah. So it took well, you a step was... or two further, but you were we were starting to light up. I saw it. Yeah. It took a second, but I got there. You got it. And now a look at what we're watching this week. So let me tell you. I've watched a couple of things, actually. Oh, I think well, the last time we talked, I really hadn't watched much. That's right. Uh, a couple of them. Uh, let me start with this. Okay. Something I didn't really think was very good. Oh? But they're about to change that password on Netflix. And so I was like, I don't, I have my mom's password. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to rub their face in it a little bit before they get there, before they cut yeah. back on, on password sharing. So I watched Trainwreck, Woodstock 99, just, oh, the fir- just the first episode of it. Yeah, I watched that whole thing, um, and it's not as good as it should be. Uh, no, it's not as good as it should be. It, it's it's sort of amateurish, actually. There was an HBO like documentary film about the same subject that oh, came out. Oh, I'll go out. watch that then. It's, it's a single film, as first it should of all, be. As it should be. And it's a little better, even okay. though it... like. You'd think that if uh, a docuseries like this stretched over three episodes or whatever, roughly a three-hour runtime for the whole thing, would go into more detail. And it doesn't. And it doesn't, really. Well, let me tell you. Um, I think stretched is the appropriate word here. Yeah. They're, they're stretching. But I am happy I watched it because I did get a quote, and I took a screenshot of it, and I posted this to my Instagram. And I'd like to read you this quote. Please. Because it's one of my favorite quotes from a docuseries ever. And that's not saying a lot. I get it. But corn had them whipped up into a frenzy yeah. is a line that got said in this film. And that I will say that scene was worth it where they, where they talk about the way that the, the crowd is, is sort of like a wave of human bodies when corn takes the stage. And the guy from corn is just unapologetically like, I felt like a fucking God, you know, while bones are crunching under his feet. So uh, that scene was worth it. I, appreci- yeah. I appreciated that. Um, but other than that, you know, if you can stick around, that happens towards the end. So if you want to see the line, corn had them whipped up into a frenzy, just fast forward for that. I watched something a little better than that okay. also on Netflix called Pamela, A Love Story, which I'm sure you've heard about because a lot of people are talking about this is a, a Sidewalk alum filmmaker. And oh, I didn't I, realize that. Yeah, we screened his first film, Pilata. Oh, Yep, and then we screened a couple of his other films after that, including um, Ask Dr. Ruth, which I think we did as a as a Yeah, this is R- Ryan White. That's right, it's Ryan White's film. Uh, yeah, I have not seen this yet, but I like Ryan White. He just did this movie, Goodnight Oppie, yep. um, that I really enjoyed. Um, so tell me about Pamela Anderson. What's her deal? Well, you know, I, I went into this thinking, this is right up my alley. I'm clearly going to like this. It's, you know, Pamela Anderson, and it's, you know, it's an error, which I appreciate, and there's going to be some really fun stuff in it but also it's just it'll be i'm sure it'll be interesting i don't know a whole lot about her and mm-hmm. i'm interested to hear her side of things and and it is you've probably seen the headlines it's way sadder than you think it's going to be sure 
And um, she's really admirable. And mm. there are some some real discoveries in this thing, like, spoiler alert, but she talks to Putin and gets him to quit um, ha- having seal, seal skin imported. We got to get her back on the phone with Vladimir Putin as soon as possible, apparently. Right? Which uh, I was really impressed by her animal activism. That's one thing. And then there's another scene where she's, there's a lot of stuff where she's kind of going through photos. I appreciate the, um, she's like, I want to do this without any makeup. I just, that's what I feel, how, how I want to present myself. And all of that, I think is really lovely. Um, as a woman who's in her mid fifties, she's, you know, it's, it's really nice to kind of see somebody stripped down in this way. And, um, and she's, she's a very strange person, mm-hmm. but I, I like her. She's very likable. Okay. Um, and she kind of recounts some things and, and she's, um, she, what I didn't, what I think I didn't realize, I knew that I knew the stuff with the sex tape, right? Sure. I knew the sex tape stuff was, was, was just fucked and beyond her, her gra- right, grasp, right, grasp right. and, and not what we think of today when we think of sex tapes and people who are who sort of intentionally leak things or ride the wave of, of, um, and, and I'm not blaming anybody for that. Do what you got to do people. But None of that. If it, if you don't want that shit released, it should not be released. Do not get me wrong. But you right. know, she didn't take she didn't take money that was offered to her to bury it. Uh-huh. She didn't take money that was offered to her to release it, knowing it was going to be released anyway. She didn't ride a wave of of fame fame um, related to it. She kind of buried her head in the sand a bit about it, and and it it is they they should never have released this. Um, and and so I didn't realize quite the stance she had taken on that. And the other thing I didn't realize is I knew that there had been domestic abuse. Right. I knew that some. Something that clearly came up. It was on the headlines. You couldn't have bought groceries um, in that decade and not have seen headlines about it. And what I didn't realize is that um, you know Tommy Lee's sort of had a had a moment where he he behaved inappropriately and he became physically violent. And she was like one and done, mm-hmm. and walked away from that situation and took her kids. Her Good kids were her. in the room when that happened, and one of them was in harm's way. Was fortunately not hurt, but was in harm's way, and her foot was uh, broken, I believe. So she was pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. And um, I think her wrist was hurt, too. And so she, you know, she was like, I love this guy. Uh, He's probably the love of my life. I can't imagine, you know, ever loving anybody the way I love him. But that's it. He that was that you make that mistake once and and we don't go there anymore. Yeah. And it's just a really I think that takes a lot of courage and strength, especially in an era in which well, we're still in an era in which people don't really listen to women. Um, mm-hmm. But that was certainly an era in which, especially, it, it was sort of a like, well, you chose to marry Tommy Lee, didn't you? Which is bullshit, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know anything about Pamela Anderson really either, other than what I've gleaned from probable, you know, inaccurate tabloid headlines yeah. and stuff. But I do remember, you know, in the era of that sex tape being leaked, the attitude from the public was largely like, well, you know, that bitch asked for it. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, totally. if, if you don't want it out there, you shouldn't make it in the first place, right? Like, as if, you know, her life is public domain. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and that's certainly an attitude. We'd like to think that we've sort of progressed past that, but these, these sorts of things seem to happen in cycles, right? You know, that we had her and then we move on to Britney Spears and Paris Hilton and any number of other tabloid darlings. I guess Kim Kardashian and, you know, the Kanye West saga is kind of the, the current moments um, tabloid obsession. And, you know, I guess it takes time to reevaluate how you, you know, how the public at large treats these women. I don't know why that is. We don't seem to be able to lo- to learn anything. No, we're, and I don't think people are going to. I mean, it, it's it's really and, and she's very quick to say she's not a victim. Uh-huh. And I think it's important to to 
to acknowledge that. But it it is a different. It's it's a little different than what you might what your perception of her might be. Sure. And I think that that is that is a successful documentary. Now that said, I, I have similar issues with the documentary that I have with the uh, also very good and um, but very promotional Jennifer Lopez documentary. Yeah. Very, very good but very promotional Taylor Swift documentary. And that is that it feel it does feel very one sided. It doesn't feel like a holistic look at a person. That's okay. I'm not saying I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to condemn Ryan White for that. Um, but it, it there's probably some other sides to the story, right? But that's not the point of the film. The point of the film is to is to allow her a platform and a voice to to speak. Um, her story, sure, and and I would say that's probably the case with the other two, but they do they do feel they do feel a little um, assembled, if you know. They, what I they mean. are calculated yeah. sort of PR pieces, For especially sure. in the the previous two cases For sure. the, of Swift and Lopez. If you think Taylor Swift's doing anything that isn't absolutely strategically calculated, you're fooling yourself. And and, and similarly, this is the case. Now, there is one moment in this film, which I – oh, and I should also say, just from a, a technical standpoint, just well-executed, well-edited, put, well put together, mm-hmm. um, and, and the narrative flow of the film is it just – I found myself, somebody who is, pays really close attention to editing and clearly also documentary editing specifically. It's something I taught for many years. Yeah. I found myself just kind of drifting into the film, which I think is really speaks highly of the editing and the and the skillful sort of storytelling in the film. Nice. So technically, it's it's a good thing. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, this is not this is not Oscar material. Do not get me wrong, but it, it's one of the stronger docs I've seen this year. Okay. And um, I, I all due respect to Beauty and the Bloodshed, which is nominated for Academy Award and is a very different kind of film. It, you know, I I liked it. Um, I I probably liked this more, and that's mm. you know I know I know, but again a different a very different film. But sure. I, but I'm also not putting this on my list of the top hundred documentaries of all time or anything like that. But sure, sure. but worth a watch. And there is a moment. Here's another reason to watch it. There's a moment when they're kind of going through photos. That's one of the things she does is kind of point out photos and talk about photos and you know memories and 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 a lot of videos. And uh, there's one point when one of the kids goes, Oh yeah, don't you remember? That's when mom was married to Kid Rock. And then the other, her other kid goes, oh, yeah, yeah. But, or she says, I, that's what, yeah, that was when I was married to Bob. Bob. And so, yeah, that's worth it. It's worth just hearing one of the kids say, oh, yeah, that's when mom was married to Kid Rock. One of my favorite quotes from the film. Yeah, he he should henceforth always be referred to as Bob. Bob. Don't give that motherfucker the Bob. dignity of referring to him as Kid Rock. Oh, kid. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was probably... Maybe one of her worst decisions. Anyway, she doesn't speak much about it. I don't blame her for not I talking about Bob. Don't blame her either. And that's what I've been watching, with the exception of the fact that it was Valentine's Day um, last night. Now, when you're hearing this, obviously several weeks will have passed. We we record in advance, um, but I did go to the Alabama theater last night with my boo yeah. to see Casablanca. Yeah. And it was lovely and wonderful, and uh, the lighting in that film is just glorious. And this, you know, it's it's a really it's a fun one. And it's kind of a perfect tone uh, for Valentine's Day, and I didn't enjoy it a lot. I still think the damn thing's twenty minutes too long, but uh, when in Rome, I guess. Well, I I need to rewatch Casablanca. Yeah. I haven't seen Casablanca since I was in high school, probably, and I loved it then, but I couldn't 
tell you any specifics about it. There's a new uh, 4K Blu-ray out there, though, that I need to pick up one of these days. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned that, because here's what I would say about that. Is uh-huh. that, that I, and I, you'll love doing that, and you, you'll, you'll embrace that and, and have fun with it. But I do think there was something about the nature of having seen it on the screen at the Alabama Theater, where it would have originally played, obviously. It wouldn't, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't have been the format, right? It right. would have been on film. But having to see it there and to see it in, in all of its spectacle was really, really special. And I... You know, I think that that that's probably what really hit it home for me was sure. being able to see it in all its glory in a in a beautiful historic Paramount theater. So yeah, um, I had a really great time seeing it, and uh, yeah, recommend that they play it every year. So I recommend going to see it next year. I'll I'll have to see if uh, old old wife will be into that. Uh, maybe she I can, probably will. I could I could probably uh, and you know Gary comes it. up and plays the organ ahead of time, which yeah, is kind of fun, fun and lovely. And he did he did play as time goes by, so it's kind of cool to hear that you know bouncing off the walls in the Alabama theater. Um, anyway, yeah. I, it's not something I want to do every year, but it was it was definitely worth the trip. And man, I forget how many one liners is in that damn thing. Oh, the sure. hair is looking at you, kid. The, yeah. Like this is the start of a beautiful friendship. The, it just goes on and on and on. It, there are so many just crazily like unforgotten lines in this thing yeah anyway that's what i've been watching what have you been watching i've been watching a lot of stuff i haven't been to the cinema in a long time i'd like to correct that this coming weekend um but uh watching some stuff at home some all-time great movies and some real shit um gotta mix it up okay let me hear the shit because i might fight you on some of it i don't think so okay (laughs) not in this particular dirty grandpa is it no not in this particular case i watched from 1991 uh the julia roberts movie sleeping with the enemy I love sleeping with the enemy. Do you really? I love sleeping why? with the enemy. Let me tell you why. Why? Because there's a there's a hat montage to Brown Eyed Girl. God, I know. And it's, it's the entire song. It's the entire it's From entire Van Morrison again, tip to tail, Van Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl, and it's just Julia Roberts trying on different hats. Love it. With her love like it. theater theater teacher new boyfriend Subversive. just like standing there just like smiling yep. and nodding like, yeah, girl, try on these theater clothes yep. that I, I brought you to my theater so you could go backstage and play around with this. Love it. Meanwhile, she's, of course, being stalked by Patrick Bergen, who is rocking a mustache and drinking from a water fountain like a maniac. So, um, Brad, are you hearing anything that isn't a recommendation for this? This movie not, sucks. Not are you kidding me? <laughs> this is so bad. It's so bad for so many reasons and i i didn't have a good time with it i don't want to dwell on it i i don't even know if i could argue with you because again all of my arguments are things that i probably should appreciate about yeah, you're just it. gonna get buried but i just i just don't like this movie very much um and you're i didn't, my didn't have fun girl and she's just smiling and, and she's putting on a different hat and, and it's then just she's going smiling. on and on it and goes on. i mean i've promise you that I was 40 seconds into the song and I'm like this has got to wrap up soon No, and no it's still like brown eyed girl like the entire that minute that song is what three and a half four minutes and it's just, the entirety of the song and and both of the men in this movie are just total non-entities they don't oh, no. like you know he's a psycho and he gets some like fun psycho moments but the new boyfriend is a drip I, with all due respect to this guy whoever the fuck he is there's nothing going They're on with this terrible. performance and and she's not very good in it either oh shocker oh. but she has a beret on now she's got a top hat on and we're listening to Van Morrison which is a thing that we did in the 90s I guess she's just as good in this as she is in anything else she does disagree except for Closer except for Aaron Brockovich are you kidding me okay Aaron Brockovich I'll give you that good. I'll give you Aaron Brockovich you got it um, okay, 
but I, let me let me not dwell on sleeping with the yeah, enemy. Yeah, let's not. And, and so, so here's some really good movies that I've watched recently. In keep in continuing my Paul Schrader a thon, I caught up with his remake of Cat People from 1982, yeah, did you like and it? I enjoyed this quite a bit. Cool. Um, another collaboration with producer Jerry Bruckheimer, which is a really weird from producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Jerry Bruckheimer produced American Gigolo and then Cat People, two very very strange movies. Um, but I liked Cat People a lot. You know, it's this sweaty sort of New Orleans, gross, uh, erotic horror thing yeah. with Natasha Kinski. Kinski, um, who doesn't love something with Natasha Kinski in that era? And Got and of course, it. the dad from Home Alone is the the, <laughs> the horny romantic lead in this. And then, you know, Malcolm McDowell being a complete psychopath as he tends to be. There's so many misguided things about this film. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but there are so many misguided things, and I think that the horny dad from Home Alone is one of the misguided <laughs> moments, personally. Now, yeah, um, but you know, hanging out in a zoo with a bunch of like angry kitties, you know, you could do worse. And then, of course, and all the, Natasha like, the sex stuff too. Yeah. Um, so you know, cry me a river. Um, not not a great movie, but a fun time. Uh, likewise, not a great movie. But I wouldn't call this a fun time either. Uh, I think it's a pretty good movie. I watched David Cronenberg's M. Butterfly, uh, which stars Jeremy Irons as an oblivious French diplomat to China who falls in love with a Chinese opera singer uh, played by John Lone from The Last Emperor. Um, If you're wondering why I said he was a a dude, um, well, it's because – He's, he's, I guess this is kind of treated like a twist in the movie, but it's not really a twist. Um, he's, he's a man. It's kind of like a crying game situation, except, um, he's also, uh, a spy for communist China. And, and Jeremy Irons is the guy who's just like, I'm not going to fall into this orientalist, uh, you know, uh, objectification trap that so many white men do when they come here and then he promptly falls into that trap which is kind of the the point of the movie that he is so arrogant well, and oblivious to his sort of colonial uh leanings that um he he just like fucks himself over and, and you know kind of the point is true the other point is for cronenberg to work out his bullshit well, but which he's just that's all he Cronenberg does. working out his bullshit is far more enjoyable to me than most people working out their bullshit. And this is no exception. Well, uh, you, know, you know, I his, love my 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 pervert godfather, David. His therapist agrees with you. Yeah. Um, OK. I want to bring up a couple all time hardcore masterpieces that I oh, watched shit. For the first Let's time. go. Masterpiece number one, a movie from the director Mike Lee, the great director Mike Lee, called Topsy Turvy from 1999. Interesting. Uh, a uh, profile of Gilbert and Sullivan, the writers of these light yeah. comic operas, uh, and it profiles their creation of the the Mikado. Um, this is a delight. It's you know a, a historical epic comedy that is set in the gross sort of scuzzy Victorian England where these, you know, these men write this comic opera and it goes backstage and, and hangs out with the actors played by a lot of very famous British character actors like Timothy Spall as they, you know, prepare to put on this show. I thought it was tremendous. Just a, an absolute. I mean, you said the watch. word masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, masterpiece number two. I watched Bernardo Bertolucci's The Conformist yeah. for the first time. From well, I bet 1970. you loved the shit out of loved this. Loved the shit out of this. This you is right me? up your alley, dude. Jean-Louis Tritignan stars as the sort of blank, 
uh, titular conformist, a guy who only wants to be normal and fit in. Um, so he becomes a fascist, as so many people did in 1930s Europe, just to fit in. Um, and uh, it delves into his psychology, you know, a, a past of abuse, a sort of bourgeois upper class family, possibly repressed homosexuality, because that's what, you know, we're dealing with um, in a lot of these movies that I've been yeah. watching recently. Like I said, Cronenberg working on um, his shit. But, um, uh, this movie is just opulent and lushly filmed and just tremendous on every level. I mean, it's no sleeping with the enemy, but I got you. Yeah, no sleeping with the enemy because it's good. Uh, and then the the masterpiece number three, Stone Cold Masterpiece number three. We put this on the big screen at Sidewalk a few months ago. We are putting other films by this director on the big screen um, imminently and in coming months. But for the first time, I finally watched Hayao Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, this thing is amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's all I got to say about it. I just loved it. I thought so. It you was, did, this I wasn't was one beautiful. you watched as a little kid, then? No, no. Yeah. And 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 honestly, he's he's not a blind spot exactly. Sure, I've, I've still got like four or five of his movies that I haven't seen, but he's made so few that like that's a significant percentage of his filmography. So I've been trying to fill in some of those blind right. spots. I also watched, and I think this is a complete delight, Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. Um, we'll be playing that one too. Sweet, sweet little yeah. girl witch and her talking kitty companion. So obviously I loved it. Right. Um, but Kiki and, and Totoro both deserve their reputations as uh, top-notch animated um, you know, masterpieces. And um yeah, loved them. I don't. I don't mean. I don't know what else to say. I, I just you know, they're they're two two movies that I just kind of shook my head after. And I was like, Jesus Christ, why did I wait so long? Because I could have you know been rewatching these movies, including on the big screen at Sidewalk. Yeah. So. Well, you still have some opportunity because we do a monthly Studio Ghibli series and so every month there's an opportunity to watch them subbed or dubbed your choice yep and um by the time you hear this spirited away has come and gone but i'm definitely going to uh make a point to see spirited away on the big screen i have seen that and that movie is incredible well and again every month there'll be a different title so keep an eye out on sidewalkfest.com and uh, come see a come see one of those masterpieces to quote Corey. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing these on the big screen and possibly over and over again in the future. I watched some other stuff, but that's all I want to talk about today. So cool. uh, that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own Personal, cinematic, Jonathan Davis and Gavin Rosdale. Ugh. You know who that is, right? Yeah. This is like an alien versus predator situation. Yeah, Whoever well, wins, we lose. It's true. Yeah. Bush versus corn. Yeah. That's terrible band names. Yeah. I mean, terrible. Terrible. But here's the thing. I, I, I'm. This riff- is from Woodstock 99. I'm riffing off of Woodstock 99, where corn came out and whipped the crowd up into a frenzy, as I mentioned. And uh, everybody was aggro, and apparently you could smell the testosterone in the air. It was just thick with it. Sure. And then um, Gavin Rossdale's just sitting backstage going, what the fuck am I going to do? Because I'm about to come out there with some, like, Mm-hmm, you know, and um, <laughs> and his little skinny little body, and uh, and he certainly did, and he was he preached a message of love and got him somehow calmed down. But they were the the, the the kind of thesis here from the filmmakers are that if Bush had come out with like Machine Head or something ripping through the through the walls of the crowd, that it might have gotten 
you know, tore up sooner than it did. Well, and then, you know, Limp Biscuit lights that duh that that bonfire later in in Woodstock 99. You know, at that point when you know shit's going down, people can't get water, everybody's mad and you can smell testosterone, maybe you turn to Fred Durst and you go, "You know what? We got your hotel room, dude. And we're going to let y'all just go sleep this one off and you can still cash your paycheck, but we don't need you taking the stage, motherfucker." Fred, why don't you do an acoustic set? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine going to see a fucking Fred Durst acoustic set? That's the worst night. That sounds absolutely fucking terrible. Didn't he terrible. do that? With, wasn't there a song back in the day with him and the, uh, what was that band? The lead singer Stained? Oh, oh It was God. just acoustic? Oh, God. Ugh. It was terrible. Ugh. Vomit. Vomit. Um, well, no good choices here. Well, you'll have to be Gavin Rossdale. All right, I'll take that. I, I mean, guess that is—I'm giving you the better choice yeah, here, but the I less think it's objectionable of more two apropos, objectionable probably. choices. Yeah, yeah. You, you are—you are a Jonathan Davis. I'm a little type. bit more Jonathan Davis than you. <laughs> I'll take the Jonathan Davis shit. Gross. You can have the Gavin, Gavin Rossdale. That means, but you know what that means? What? At some point, you're getting married to Gwen, Gwen Stefani. You like Gwen? Oh, I can't stand Gwen Stefani. She annoys the shit really? out of me. Can we do she, a five-minute fight on Gwen Stefani? <laughs> she absolutely annoys the shit out of me. And that's I actually a, have no That's a generational thing, too, because my friend Lisa from Found uh-huh. a Friend has said to me, she's like, oh, you know, when, when she did that duet with Eve, that's when she started going down the stony road, and, like, that kind of ruined her uh-huh. for me. That's around the time she took a dark turn. I was like, what the fuck? She took a dark turn when she came out of the womb. You don't like... She's a disaster. You don't like that first No Doubt record? girls. No, she's fucking annoying. I can't stand you know like don't speak don't, don't speak's speak. a good song and then it's and, a good song and you know what i have to prove? I, I don't have strong feelings about this it's a terrible song no it's not no no doubt uh, no doubt it's like we invented ska they're fucking horrible and then if you don't believe me what does she do she goes on a show the voice and then marries blake shelton proving that she's a she's a singular layer of hell sometimes you know you got to settle down with a with a chill country singer uh-huh and make and then get together and two evils come together to form a more perfect evil with that country Christmas bullshit they do where she's talking in a fake country accent. It's a fucking disaster zone. She did star. <laughs> she did star in a Martin Scorsese movie though, so. and she's terrible in the Aviator. She's terrible. She's in not. It. She's not in it long enough it's to be stunt, terrible. Yes, but it's what pisses me off about that film is the stunt casting. You know what? We might fight about this. The Aviator. Yeah, we might. I'll, I'm gonna we crack might. my knuckles and fight we about might. the Aviator. I because love because I'm gonna the tell Aviator. you right now that that it's that kind of stunt casting that when Scorsese starts down that kind of bullshit, mm. it really pisses disagree, me off. He's better than that. Disagree, He's better disagree, than that. Disagree. Good movie. In fact, I, I guess so far you as heard to say, it here. great movie. Corey Kraft is the head chapter leader, the president of the Gwen Stefani fan club. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm walking on a spider web. <laughs> so. oh. oh, I will give you $5 if you'll change your voicemail today to that song. And you're gone right now because I'm walking in a spider web. I mean, the, the, the next line is something about taking a message and calling you back. Yes. So that would work. Do it. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Um we should see if we can put that on the answering machine at Sidewalk. <laughs> I'm going to send that Slack when we get done here. Please do. I want to I want to see how that goes over. Uh, thanks to Beltwell Studios yeah. for putting up with all of our nonsense. Thank can you, Can you put a little, can we have a, can we do a little Bush to get out of here? Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. also they named their band Bush. It was fucking terrible. I gr- what can I say though? I named my band Corn. There you go. With a K. <laughs> but with a K. So it's better. <laughs> 
sidewalkfest.com or on social media at sidewalk film that's where you can see what we're doing at the cinema you can get your tickets you can come see a movie with us please come see a movie with us we show so many good movies on the big screen there in the basement of the Pazitz building in downtown birmingham are we listening to come we should be listening to come down right now right that's that's the one that's what that's the one i'm talking about yeah that's the one gross i'm gonna tell you i don't know to tell you <laughs> That's your it's your band, man. It's your wife. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.